It's the JT the Brick Show. Open Adams at the 35, racing to the 20, 10, touchdown Raiders! Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Gets the snap, Raiders bring a blitz, he takes up off the middle, and he's wrapped up from behind. Guess who? Max Crosby! Your silver and black home to sound off for over 20 years. Spinning around, he throws it to Chandler Jones of midfield, and Stafford! Chandler Jones racing towards the end zone. It scores! Oh my goodness! And now, here's JT the Brick. Welcome back. Hour number two of the broadcast today. Special broadcast as the 49ers are in town. First of the joint practices with the Silver and Black uh, went down today. Seems like everybody seems to be okay. The 49ers lost their return man in this game with a broken wrist we'll talk about that a little bit here but from what i've seen from what i'm hearing i'll be in the building later on today it seems like everybody's okay and that's what you want in these practices you don't want to see a calf you don't want to see an achilles you don't want to see a knee you don't want to see an injury here and they've been all over the league all over the league and the raiders will have another opportunity tomorrow with the joint practices a lot of media in town getting a first look at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center the Niners media in town from the bay area and national media in town here because both of these rosters have good players Raiders have 3 of the top 17 players in the entire league on their roster with Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs who wasn't available, Nick Bosa wasn't available for the 49ers and Max Crosby we'll hear from Mad Max coming up here in a little bit we'll take a portion of his press conference that I didn't get a chance to hear as we started the show. So that's going to come up here in a little bit. Also, Vinny Bonsignor will join us momentarily. And what I would recommend everybody do, and again, pay attention to Vinny. Vinny is everywhere. He lives at the facility, plus he does our morning show, and he's putting out content around the clock. And Vinny, as you come in here, thanks for doing this again. What was your overall big takeaway before we go down and micro this to talk about individual battles? How'd it go today? Oh, I thought it went really well. Um, you know, I, I felt like the, the defense, once again, was flying around, making plays, getting pressure on the quarterback, uh, knocking balls down on the back end, came up with an interception. Uh, a great play by Amika Robertson to uh, uh, to break up a, a pass in the end zone on a fourth down uh, during a two-minute drill. So, and I felt like the offense, in particular, Jimmy G and Jacoby Myers, who had a great day, and Hunter Renfro um, really played well today. I would... You know, it's it's a practice. So, uh, but but if you were if you were given a W, I think I think the Raiders, without question, got the W today. Yeah, and that's that's fair. And I know you would only tell us the truth. You always do. You know, it, it doesn't have to be a massive victory. Remember last year, Vinny, when we were there and Devontae tore up New England in their second day. It was obvious to see that there were a couple of battles that were so over the top for the Raiders. But I was wondering what you thought of the Niners and what the Niners do on defense with their front seven because a lot of these guys we're not going to see in the game on Sunday. How powerful did the Niners look up front against the Raiders' offensive line? Yeah, and, and it's, a, it's a good unit even without Nick Bosa out there. But, um, but I felt like the Raiders' offensive line um, you know, uh, was good and was solid. You're not going to win every battle, not against those guys, and certainly not against anybody in the NFL. I mean, it's just the talent is just too good. So, uh, and, and, and you're right, you know, it's, it doesn't always have to be this massive kind of a thing or because the Raiders got the W today, that means that the 49ers are terrible or vice versa. It's the NFL. These are the top 1% of the 1% of people on the face of the earth that do what they do. So what you have to look for is, okay, 
who do you feel is making the most plays? Uh, who's who's you know winning each segment? And and you know of course they traded off a few times, but especially when it got down to the ones versus the ones, um, I felt like the Raiders you know uh, were, were just had the better day, uh, both offensively and defensively. Vinny Bonsignor is our guest. So, uh, Vinny, it's important here. I just had Lincoln Kennedy on talking about the defense. You opened up our conversation with that. Overall, what is your big takeaway? And we got another practice tomorrow. I'll see you out there for that. But is Epps been the difference, or is it more what the linebackers are doing or the push up front? Because everything I've seen in the limited practices and read from you, the back end of that secondary seems to be noticeably better. And is that because of the competition that everybody's just raised their game a bit? Um, well, I think you've added better players, number one. Uh, Marcus Peters, you know, uh, just say those two, those, that first and last name, and you know what you're getting, a, a ball-hawking turnover machine that, that brings swagger and, and spirit and energy uh, to, to the back end, the likes of which I haven't seen since I've covered the Raiders, uh, which also then, you know, uh, kind of rubs off on, on everybody else. The one thing I know about Marcus Peters having covered him in Los Angeles, he's an open book. Um, and he, and if, and if you want to go tap into it, he's going to be available and he's going to talk to you and, and he enjoys being coached and coached hard and challenged. And he's going to challenge his coaches and challenge his teammates. Um, and that's bound to, to raise the level of the play around you, but also you got to give Dave Ziegler, um, and Josh McDaniels credit for just adding better players as well. You know, uh, Jacorian Bennett has been, um, you know, really good. Robert Spillane, who Max Crosby, uh, talked about today uh, in glowing terms. Marcus Epps, who you mentioned, um, you know, uh, the, the talent level is better. And, and I've said this for a while, too. Um, if, if Divine Diablo and Nate Hobbs and, and uh, Trayvon Merrick can, be, can get back on track, remember, they, they all missed a lot of time last year with injuries while on top of that learning a new system. It just it, 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 it wasn't conducive what that situation was for them to get a solid two feet on their ground uh, or, you know, on the ground and under them. Uh, but, but that seems to be the case now this year going into year two uh, with Patrick Graham's defense. And now they're healthy, you know, Nate moving back to the slot, divine doing what he's doing, um, you know, at linebacker and then Trayvon Merrick, who's kind of joined at the hip with Marcus Epps back on the back end. Uh, it, it just looks a lot different and that's, there's no other way to describe it. And I think that, Max Crosby said it best when we talked to him afterwards. This is different, and this is what their identity is becoming. Um, and as he flat out said, you know, the Raiders' defense is not what it was in the past. It's what they are right now, and that's a defense that so far, um, you know, and it's August. We all understand that. But as he said, it's a defense that plays with confidence and flies around. And that's coming from him, not just us who have seen it on a daily basis now, including today against the 49ers. That's from somebody that throws quarterbacks around, but he doesn't throw words around. He's not going to say it if he's not feeling it. And it was clear in talking to him today that he's feeling it. All right, last one for Vinny Bonsignor. Vinny, what tends to happen in the second day of these dual practices? These are two play-calling wizards in Josh McDaniels and Kyle Shanahan. Do you expect the offenses to be opened up a little bit more? Because they're probably not going to open them up to show everyone around the league the film coming up on Sunday. What should we expect tomorrow? Yeah, I think it's going to be another uh, competitive day, and that's that's. I really enjoyed today because there were no fights. That's that, that's just dumb. It's a waste of time. Uh, it doesn't solve anything, and it doesn't prove anything either. So it was a, it was a fairly clean uh, practice. Um, you had a lot of really good periods where 
um, it's, it's, you know, you have two on twos with uh, a defensive tackle, defensive end, guard tackle against a, a really good unit on the other side and vice versa and some intense battles along those lines. And then, of course, when they went to 11 on 11, uh, you saw some really good battles that kind of went back and forth. And uh, you'll see more of that uh, tomorrow. Uh, I think the 49ers, you know, are probably going to, I don't know if they were necessarily satisfied with their work day today in terms of how it all looked. So you figure that they're going to bounce back a little bit. And it's on the Raiders to bounce back as well. And, and what I really do like about uh, these joint practices is the intensity level just gets risen. It felt like a game out there early on. You know, you, you just see another jersey, and now all of a sudden now pride takes over and competitiveness takes over, uh, and you're going to jack yourself up a little bit more. And, and we saw that from, from two sides, and there's no question that the Raiders or the 49ers are a really good football team. So uh, it's great for, for this version of the Raiders at this stage of the process to kind of gauge themselves against a team that you're probably going to see do some damage this year, if not even get to the Super Bowl from the NFC side. Uh, so uh, it, it, it was it, for the Raiders. I know talking to some guys, uh, it was great for them to be able to see their progress that everyone kind of senses and sees working against themselves. It was it was great for them to see that pro- process transfer over against another team. Great, Vinny. A lot of Bay Area fans, not just Raider fans in town, want to get some good tequila. Where could you send them along the way? Yeah, definitely. And uh, a couple of uh, great places. Um, if you go to the Flight Club over at the Venetian, uh, and if you go to uh, the Count Room, uh, it's a speakeasy over at the Flamingo. Uh, tell them that Vinny B sent you. Uh, it, they've, they've lined up with uh, Dos Cotas Tequila. They're offering great uh, specials in terms of food and drinks. So, uh, the, the flight club over at the Venetian and uh, the, uh, uh, the the count room over at uh, the Flamingo. Thanks, Vinny. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks a lot for coming on. Take care, JT. All right. That's Vinny Bonsignor. Our eyes and ears is Vinny Bonsignor right there at practice today. I'll be with him today. I got one more double dip show where I do uh, five hours total. I do that on Monday, and then we'll get ready. So we got the game on Sunday a little double dip on Monday, and then I'm heading out to L.A. I'll be in L.A. with the team leaving on Wednesday of next week to see the dual practices in Los Angeles and get ready for the Rams game, which I'm excited about. You know, I'm a big fan of Allegiant Stadium, but I also want to see – I was there last year for that game, which was brutal. The game that the Raiders lost to Baker Mayfield as Baker Mayfield came back from the dead. Uh, I want to go see SoFi Stadium again, see how that game plays out, and then the final preseason game will be against the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, this is Max Crosby from just a few minutes ago, a little while ago. That big guy spoke today, including Jimmy Garoppolo. We had a portion of that. Mad Max going up against Trent Williams today, the leader of the defense, as we'll have that here momentarily for you. And I want to tease ahead that we got an unbelievable interview coming up with Warren Moon. I interviewed Warren Moon earlier today, my interview, so I'm going to play it on my show. Unbelievable announcement from Warren Moon. Warren Moon uh, just got a high honor from the Pro Football Hall of Fame, which was amazing. So I wanted to make sure we're able to play that coming up. I'll try to get that in before the end of the show. And we're going to talk to Q. Q Myers is going to jump in with a little old-fashioned crosstalk coming up at the end because I wanted to get the perspective of Q, who is out on the field also, as Bobby is teeing up this Mad Max for us as we get it going. And let's get out to that. Mad Max Crosby. Earlier today, as he sat down with the media, stood up in front of the media at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Max, uh, I know you mentioned that it is only August, but it's pretty much every day the defense is 
doing something. Um, yeah. Plays on balls, getting ball, getting yeah, interceptions, mm-hmm. um, especially on that back end. Uh, are you feeling that? I mean, are you are you kind of picking up on some of the stuff that's happening that might be a little bit different than what it's happened in the past? No question. You know, uh, you, obviously uh, bringing Marcus in, uh, Peters, he's an elite, you know, ball hawk, and uh, you could see that every single day. You got, I think, he got another pick today. Uh, He's just one of those guys that's, that's super sticky, and he he has great instincts. And then you got Epps, you got uh, Timo, those two, you know, are just on the same page at all times. Uh, and uh, and then you got a young guy like Jacorian coming in, getting getting first team reps, and he's got no choice. You know, you got three great players out there. You got to step up and and show up. So I just love what they're doing on the back end. They're they're getting confidence together. They're growing, and uh, you know, it bleeds down to the whole defense. I think you know, obviously, it starts up front. We bring pressure. Um, and quarterback can't hold the ball, so DBs know that, and uh, they're breaking and, and not thinking or second guessing themselves. So it all goes together. And then, like I said, you can't leave out the linebackers either. Spillane is a freaking dog. He's he's going crazy. Um, you got uh, Diablo, uh, Masterson, all those guys. You know they're playing hard and getting better and better. So it's it's exciting. Max, there was one uh, time in team drills. I think Jimmy hit Hunter Renfro over the middle, and then he hit Hooper for touchdown. You were very excited on the sideline. Yeah. What's your excitement level for the offense and Jimmy and just what they're putting together right now? I love it. You know, uh, Jimmy's Jimmy's getting better and better and better. You know, the guy, like you said, he's come, coming off an injury. Uh, it's not just going to happen overnight, but uh, Jimmy's confidence uh, has been only growing, and uh, you've seen that today, the last two days, to be honest. Uh, he's just getting better, and uh, he just he's trusting himself, and that's really what it comes down to. It's it's a mental game. You know, everybody's talented in the NFL, uh, but your mentality's got to be elite to, you know, to be a great player, so... You know, Jimmy's getting better and better, and I'm, I'm super hyped for him. Yeah, yeah, different guys that kind of flashed today. Different guys are practicing the D-line, I think, flashed. Mm-hmm. What's your sense of the depth on the D-line this year, and uh, what did you, you see today from some of your guys? I love it. You know, I feel like collectively up front, we were, we were getting after it. Uh, it was, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to set the tone and every single day. You know, it starts with us up front. So, yeah, you know, uh, you got guys all around flying. And uh, when you have a standard, you know, you can't just be sitting in the back waiting to, you know, make plays or – waiting for the next guy or taking plays off like there's none of that so everybody you know we have 18 guys I think in the D-line room um and it's an open competition everybody's getting better and competing and, and growing so it's super exciting to see you know not only with the vets but the younger guys as well you know they're, they they want to play they want to get better um you could just see you know the guys were just rolling in and and getting after it oh I love it you know me and Trent had some great reps today we're getting after it um and we're chopping it up after as well uh he's best in the game so me and him you know we had you know a couple one-on-ones and uh you know a couple team reps against each other and you know that's what it's all about you know I want to play go against the best um like we talked about I want to be the best in the league I know he's he's literally the best in the league so uh yeah just being able to get those reps and you know get better is is what football is about Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> we were talking about, you know, my second one-on-one where I did like a outside spin to a power, and he was like, "I don't even know what the hell you were, you know, doing." I thought you were going to go power, and then it turned to a spin. He's like, "I just grab." Um, but that's what it's about, you know, like just really having that dialogue because. Like I said, the guy's going to year 14. He's gone against everybody. He's played at an elite level for years and years and years. So, um, you know, I, I can learn from him. He can learn from me. And that's that's really what it's all about. You know, once you get to that, that level, you know, you're just trying to find that 1% you can get better at. So, yeah, it was it was a ton of fun. Some of the younger guys, uh, Nessa Jade Silvera, seventh-round pick. But yeah. it was like his presence is being felt out there. Hell, yeah. Hell, yeah. Nessa's a dog. Um 
he's getting after it. I love him since the first day he came in. Um, he had the attitude. You could just tell, like, he's hungry. And uh, he's just getting better and better. You know, uh, at, when you're a young guy, you know, I told literally all the rookies, like, when they came in, <clears throat> technique is one thing, you know, but you can't coach effort. You can't coach attitude. You can't coach the – you know the, the little things, the little things you see on film, the flying to the ball, the 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 heart, the all that, the, all those little things. And like Nessa's one of those guys, you can see it clear as day. Um, you know, obviously he's got things to clean up. Obviously he has room for improvement, just like all of us. But you know, he's a rookie. But the way you stand out is flying to the ball, um, being mean, uh, having an attitude. And he's one of those guys. You know, he plays violent. Uh, he's getting better as a rusher. He's getting better against the run. Um, and he's able to do a lot of things. So. Uh, I love what he's doing. I think he's 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 going to be a big you know big time player for us. Do you have any big um, favorite plays by the defense that happened today? Things that really got you guys fired up. Uh, honestly, there's a, you know there's a ton you know you can point to. I think we we were active you know getting TFLs, getting sacks, um, and also you know Marcus Peters you know get him getting a pick, seeing a meet, getting uh, a couple PBUs. You know just seeing guys all around the field making plays. That's what it's really all about, and just having that swagger. You know that's. That's what it's all about. I try to preach that to everybody. Like you can't go out there and talk about confidence, but be quiet on the field. You got to let it, you know, just be yourself. You know what I mean? And uh, I tell the coaches that all the time. Like sometimes they're like, "Chill out," or I'm like, "No, nah, like this is us. Like this is our identity. We're gonna. This is different, and we're not gonna be what we were in the past. We're gonna be what we are now. Um, and that's a confident defense that's gonna fly around. And we're we're super excited about you know the direction we're going. Remember about your uh, pre-draft interview with them? Uh, I think Kyle's word was that they were dicks to you. And, uh, <laughs> you talk about that today. Yeah, that's actually funny. Uh, he, uh, he, uh, I talked to him on the field. It was after one of the plays. Like I made a play and I was hyped, and I'm talking, you know, talking to Kyle, and he's laughing at me. And uh, I went up to him after the play, and he's like, "Yeah, man." He was like, I feel like an asshole about our interview we had in 2019. And, I, you know, I remember it because, you know, Kasurik was in there, John Lynch and Shanahan. Um, and I feel like, you know, it's nothing against them. I feel like every single team that I interviewed with didn't take me serious, you know, from, you know, I can name every damn team if I want, but I'm not going to do that. But, you know, Kyle Shanahan, he's an incredible coach. The dude is literally one of the best, you know, play callers in the game. So uh, I got a massive amount of, amount of respect for him, you know, we played against them last year, and they gave me all type of looks and all different type of things, and that's what we we're talking about today as well. Like, um, just you know, what he does is definitely unique, and I got nothing but respect for him. You know, that's the past. Uh, I, I remember everything. Trust me, I, I remember all those interviews. Um, but that's what you know makes me who I am today. Because at the end of the day, um, I carry every little scar. I won't talk about a lot of it, but I keep I keep everything noted from literally everything. Just keep me going. Oh, it was a great meeting. You know, honestly, I remember Kasurik. He's in there going through the meeting, and he's, all right, blah, blah, blah. He's, like, yelling, but not mad. You know what I mean? That's just how his energy was crazy, um, but in a good way. And I, and I like that because I'm used to it. Like, literally from a kid, my dad was, you know, he was loud. My college coach, my, you know, I have Marinelli. All those, you know, all those coaches are loud and, and, and proud. So, uh, Kasurik was, he was cool. But the meeting was, it was unique and it just was what it was. But I, I love the way they coach over there. You know, obviously, Shanahan and those guys and Chris Kasurik and John Lynch, you know, they have a great organization. And, uh, you know, it's, it's no surprise that they're doing good things. Max, you mentioned guys playing mean. With Greg Van Roten, he seems to have a little Richie incognito and a little bit of mean. Do you see that when you go? There's only one Richie Incognito. I'll say that. 
you know but he's doing great. He's doing a great job. You know, there's different type of levels of mean, but uh, yeah, he's he's a stud. You know, he's obviously played a long time in the league. Um, hard nosed guy, and he's you know coming in and and earning you know first team reps and second team reps, and uh, it's good for him to see. You know, the more depth we have, the better. So yeah, I'm fired up for him. You mentioned Jimmy G's mindset, uh, his confidence, his collectiveness, how cool he can be on the field. How important was that for the team, not just the offense, but the team, being that that position had the transition from last year? Yeah, you know, uh, you know, Jimmy, is he's done a hell of a job. You know, obviously it's hard. Uh, like I said, he's come back from injury. Um, as a guy that's running the show, you know, it's not easy, you know, coming back from a foot injury, um, dealing with all that, dealing with – you know, coming to a new team, learning a new system. Um, but he's just, you know, the same guy every single day. That's what I respect most about him. You know, we're in there. I see him, you know, in the training room, from the tubs, everything. He's always got a positive mindset. He's always looking to improve, and you just see it over camp. You know, early on, people are giving him a lot, of, and it doesn't matter to him. You know, he came out these last two days. He's been incredible. So um, he's only getting better. He's going to keep improving, and uh, I'm, I'm super fired up for him. He's, he's a great leader and a great, you know, great guy to have around. So the guy that you were talking about, Nesta, but another guy that's kind of starting to make some noise is uh, Adam Plant. He's on the edge with you. What do you think about him so far? Yeah, he's doing well. You know, like I said, all these rookies are coming in um, hungry, and we have 18 guys. You know, at the end of the day, I told him uh, from day one, I was like, listen, we're all in this together, but this is an open competition. Everyone's fighting for a job. You're not going to have 18 guys on the roster. So um, everyone's coming in uh, trying to prove a point, uh, trying to prove their worth, and uh, that's all you can ask for. You know, Adam uh, all those guys, you know, uh, uh, Byron Young today too. He's that dude is a beast, and he's getting better and better. And you just see all these young guys coming along, so it's it's exciting. All right, that's a bit of Max Crosby. There was a few minutes left, but we wanted to give you a little bit of Mad Max, especially on a day like today, coming off a of first of the joint practices. As he goes up against Trent Williams, that might be the best matchup in all of football. It could be the best left tackle in all of football, a future Hall of Famer, and I think Max Crosby early in his career. It has a career that is building towards the Hall of Fame. We're not going to crown him and put him in the Hall of Fame yet, but Max is building a career that looks to be similar to many Hall of Famers who played that position. So there is a lot of social media today from the Niners side, the Raiders side. Seems like the Raiders had a very good practice. Vinny Bonsignor came on and said they won the day. Other people have said that too. No one's trashing the 49ers. The Niners didn't have a bad practice. Well, they lost Ray Ray, their, their special team standout, and the guy who was supposed to be there and take the first kickback or potentially play and be an impact guy for eight weeks. So when you lose a player and you have a broken wrist in practice, that's really got to bother the 49ers. The last thing you want to do is when you come into a practice, leave a practice without one of your brothers. Leave a practice with someone who was injured. Ray Ray McLeod broke his wrist. He'll miss eight weeks. For the 49ers, but that is a very good roster with a lot of playmakers. And as I've said about football, they're taking the foot out of football. They're not giving you can fair catch a kickoff now, fair catch the kickoff, or most of the kickoffs go to the back of the end zone, or you can just fair catch a punt. So it isn't the end of the world, but you want a great special teams player if you're losing that could get you back in with a highlight type of play, and the Niners just lost one. For quite some time. Niners got a lot of depth at linebacker. Will the Raiders, as Larry Kruger told us yesterday, maybe sign one of the Niners linebackers if the liner, uh, Niners have too many? I thought that was a compelling bite yesterday. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk to Mark Jones from the Black Hole. If you're looking for a party this weekend, they're dialed in. 
They got a lot happening, so get a lot of fans in town. And there's going to be some kumbaya. There's going to be some Niner fans and some Raider fans coming together. Wait to hear about that. My conversation with Warren Moon, which I did a couple of hours ago, and Warren Moon's got a big announcement to make. So stick around. JT here, as we're brought to you by PTs. They fuel the monologue. No, and like I said, I'm not going to over-dramatize the moment. Um, you know, he's going to get, you know, a handful of reps today, and there's going to be a lot of other guys that will get reps also. So um, it's a training camp practice. It's just with another team. So um, <clears throat> I think it's just another opportunity to get better, uh, improve at his craft, and do his job. And so um, that's what we told our whole team. You know, we expect him to go out there and uh, practice the right way, uh, work together with the other club, compete, improve. Uh, we're going to be challenged, I'm sure. There's going to be some things we, you know, we haven't spent a lot of time in terms of scouting reports or those kind of things. So there'll be some things we learned today. Um, and so that's what I'm hoping to see from everybody. It was Josh McDaniels from earlier today. And uh, he spoke earlier and then Jimmy G and Max Crosby later. I'll be out there tomorrow. There's going to be a lot of media here, even get more media coming in tomorrow, getting ready for the game on Sunday. And obviously more and more people come to Vegas on the weekend. And we're brought to you by The Black Hole. I've been telling you, just go to theblackhole.com. It's perfect. Everything's there for you. They do everything in-house. They want to grow. They want to grow The Black Hole. Why wouldn't you? It's football's no, most notorious fan base. Uh, Mark Jones, who runs it, longtime member of The Black Hole, joining us today. And, Mark, good to talk to you. Good to see you the other day. And, man, you got a lot of events lined up this weekend. Tell us about it. Mark, are you there? Where we were like, yeah, you know, I don't think we're going to really do anything for preseason this year, too. <laughs> you know, um, a whole extravaganza worth of uh, fun this weekend. And, uh, you know, starting on Friday night, we, we just decided, you know, we have obviously, you know, our roots are deep in Oakland and the Bay Area. And, um, you know, with this being our only, you know, game here against the Niners, we're really kind of making this a fan appreciation weekend and, and really rolling it out here in Vegas for all our friends in the Bay Area to come out and have a good time. So, we're going to start on, uh, on on Friday night over at the, at the Eight Lounge, um, you know, with a with, with a you know little like kind of cigar and, and whiskey tasting over there from five to seven. Um, you know, Saturday we have um, Mr. Crab himself, Michael Crabtree, coming in to flanker over at Mandalay um, for a uh, signing and appearance over there. Um, all these things, if you go to theblackhole.com and just click on events. Um, cause I'm probably going to screw up some of these signs or whatever, but there's so much going on, but just go to blackhole.com, click on events and you'll see all the different things that are going on here in Las Vegas uh, for this uh, preseason weekend. But, uh, you know, obviously our Saturday night party, um, at eye candy over at Mandalay, um, we're going to have uh, DJ John B there from the Bay area. So yeah, just a lot of super, super fun stuff like that Sunday. Um, there's obviously going to be some, uh, you know, pregame stuff going on over at Flanker. Um, and also Charles Woodson is going to be doing an appearance um, over at Rhythm and Riffs there um, for his whiskey and stuff. So, again, you know, just Mandalay is slowly becoming kind of ground zero, um, you know, for fun um, during uh, Raider game day weekend. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's what's going on right now. Mark Jones joins us from the Black Hole as we're promoting them here on the radio, proud partner of Raider Nation Radio. So, 
for the course of the season, from what you can tell us, tell, tell us your vision about what the black hole is going to do at Mandalay Bay before the game, because I go to the tailgate always, always uh, before the game, and then afterwards we hook up. But what do you envision being a typical Sunday when the Raiders are at home for Raider Nation with the black hole from the party the night before the game heading into the tailgate on Sunday? Well, uh, it's we've had no off season. I'll put it that way. We worked really hard to kind of put this together, and super proud to announce that um, we just signed uh, Corrupt and DJ Battlecat to host our Saturday night parties now at Eye Candy. It's a really huge gift for us. We love Corrupt. He's a huge Raiders fan. Uh, DJ Battlecat is just you know incredible, and those guys are going to be holding court every Saturday on home game weekends um, over at Eye Candy. So super excited about that. Um, obviously on, on Sunday, um, we're going to have a, uh, you know, kind of a, a you know, our, our uh, tailgate out with our good friends out in J squad out in the J lot where we, you know, always look forward to seeing you out there for a cold one. Um, we're also going to be at flanker uh, inside. Um, and we're going to be there from basically from eight to noon um, on game days. Also I'm watching some morning games, having some drink specials, things of that nature. So, you know, just a lot going on this year, JT, and and um, and more to come. A um, couple other things were really close, um, but uh, some other big things coming too. But it's just a uh, just a great time for Raider Nation out here for the Black Hole, and, and, and we're having a great time. Got some great partners, and again, we really appreciate all that you do to help and support us as well. You got it, buddy. Good to see you the other day. I'm really happy for what we're going to do. A lot of fans are looking. A lot of fans are looking to be a part of something great, and that's the Raider organization, the Black Hole. We support all other fan bases, but I'm a member of the Black Hole and uh, your dedication to what you do with Cisco and all the Black Hole membership groups around this country means a lot to us. So we'll be talking a lot, Mark. Thanks a lot for doing this. I'll see you all weekend. Yeah, thanks, JT. I look forward to seeing everyone out there. Go Raiders. You got it. Mark Jones of the Black Hole. So one of our partners, Woodson Bourbon Whiskey. We re-signed Tommy White and the 872 Laborers today. And we have two brand-new casino deals with our show that I'm going to announce next week, including everything else that we have with Modelo, Resorts World, uh, the great recommendations we give you, and everything that we do with Remy Martin. We got a lot going on, man. We try to run a business here in a fast-paced radio show, and we appreciate you supporting our partners here. Without the partners, we do not have a radio show. I do not do this for free. I do this because I want to talk and make money. And I want to put Raider fans on the radio. Very simply, those are my goals. Provide for my family and give Raider Nation a voice, which they don't have as much as they used to on the radio. That's what we do here. Hey, I'm proud of this conversation. Warren Moon's become a good friend. And I was watching the Hall of Fame on Saturday morning, and Rich Eisen was on with Kurt Warner and Jerry Jones. And they mentioned Warren Moon. And my ears peaked up, and I couldn't believe what they said about Warren Moon. He joined me earlier today on Mad Dog Sports Radio as I asked Warren initially, how was the trip to Canton? Man, Canton is always great, JT. It's one of the one of the best weekends of the year for me to be able to go back and be around all those uh, star, not only star players, former players, but really good people, some of the best people in the National Football League. You're surrounded by those guys. We get a chance to... You know, reminisce. We get a chance to see how everybody's doing, how everybody's feeling, and and just be around a lot of different uh, uh, different fun events that they put on throughout uh, Hall of Fame weekend. And then we get to induct the new class, so it's always a great time. 
What was it like with Jim Brown not being there for the first time? Uh, you get a chance to see him not only in your years in Los Angeles, but back at Canton and other big NFL events surrounding the Super Bowl. It must have been tough, and I know the Hall of Fame understood that, and they did a lot. They talked a lot about Jim over the past weekend. Yeah, they had a memorial service for him uh, on the on the uh, on that weekend, and uh, it was attended by a lot of the Hall of Famers, a lot of fans from around the Cleveland area, you know, because you know he was a Cleveland Brown, and then of course his family and friends. So it, it was very well attended, uh, very well put on. Some great speakers, you know, Ray Lewis was very inspirational. You know, Bobby Arum spoke. Uh, a lot of different people. His wife spoke, so it, it was really good. And um, he was missed. There's no question about it. I always look forward to seeing Jim every every year at the uh, Hall of Fame. And and he was almost like the Godfather when he gave you those certain uh, few words of uh, encouragement. You could go on throughout the rest of the year and just know you're you were ready to go. So to not have him around is going to be a big loss for us. But uh, I know he's in a better place now. Warren Moon is our guest, the Hall of Famer. So in my studio, I have a framed jersey of Deacon Jones. Deacon became a good friend of mine. And his wife, his widow, Elizabeth Jones, as you know, lives in Las Vegas. And my wife and I see her often. Uh, let me know the news about the Nitschke lunch and your involvement going forward. And if you could take our listeners behind the scenes of how important that luncheon is when all the Hall of Famers get together privately. Yeah, the Ray Nitschke luncheon was named after Ray Nitschke, the great middle linebacker of uh, the Green Bay Packers many years ago. And Ray used to uh, to host that luncheon, uh, and it was a luncheon just for Hall of Famers. So you know, only Hall of Famers come in there. The new class is introduced. Uh, they're not allowed to speak at all. All they're all they're allowed to do is just sit there and, and take in the vibe of of the luncheon. And uh, you had all different types of guys would stand up and kind of talk about what football has meant to their lives what being in the Hall of Fame has meant to their lives. And it's a real emotional time. A lot of guys get very emotional about it. Uh, a lot of guys get very spirited about it. And, and it's it's one of the great uh, events of the weekend. So I always had heard about it before I went there. Um, I never knew if I was going to get a chance to ever attend one. But when I finally got a chance to attend one in my first year of induction, it did not disappoint, believe me. And Deacon Jones had since then taken over as the uh, – as the host of that luncheon because Ray Nitschke had passed away. And then when Deacon passed away, um, uh, Willie Lanier took over, and he's been the he's been the uh, host for the last 10 years. Well, this year they anointed me that, uh, that uh, honor. So I'm going to be the host moving forward, and it's something that I, I take very, very seriously, uh, something I want to keep that same tradition of, of what that luncheon has always been about, you know, for the last, I don't know, 40, 50 years since Ray started um, – hosting it so uh it's one of the great events like i said of that weekend because it's only the hall of famers we get a chance to express ourselves about you know any and everything that's going on in our lives and uh it's really really inspirational warren moon joins us congratulations i think it's one of the greatest honors of your esteemed life and career on and off the field everyone i've talked about in my life about the nitschke luncheon from charles woodson to Bolitnikov to Coach Flores, to people I know from other teams. This is something I've always dreamed about, and I think football fans would all dream about, to be inside that room. No one else is allowed. The new members can't talk, and you're going to be the host of it going forward. When you found out that news, because I know how much this means to you and how seriously you take your legacy and the legacy of the NFL and the Pro Football Hall of Fame. How did you hear that news? How did they let you know? What was it like when you first found out that that was going to be you? 
Well, our um, our president of the Hall of Fame, uh, Jim Porter, he's the one that, that told me the news that that I was the guy that had been picked as they had been, uh, you know, looking around and looking at different guys who they thought would be good to be the host, and I was the one that came out on top from all the different people that uh, everybody had talked to. I think there was three or four people doing that kind of a survey of who they thought the next best person would be. And I thought it was an extreme honor. I was a little bit shocked by it because I knew there were other guys that had been, first of all, in the hall longer than me. Uh, maybe some, I don't know, bigger names. Uh, you, you just never know, you know, what uh, what gets you to that position. So, uh, obviously, they thought I would be a good candidate, and uh, I'm going to do the job as well as I can. Like I said, I'm going to take it very seriously because I know how important that luncheon was to me the first time I got a chance to attend it. And I've I've been to every luncheon since. I haven't missed one in 17 years. There's some guys that even fly in to the Hall of Fame that weekend just to go to the luncheon, and then they fly back out of town. You know, that's how important that luncheon is to a lot of guys that are in the Hall of Fame. So uh, I'm going to try and keep that tradition going forward. Uh, that 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 luncheon is going to be just about your feelings about football, about what's going on in your family, about what's going on with your health. Maybe you, maybe somebody that you knew passed away that particular year. And we had ten guys pass away this past year, so a lot of guys got up and talked about their relationship with either that player or that coach that passed away. So a lot of different feelings come out of that, and I want to make sure we're able to capture all those different uh, feelings from all those guys. This is unbelievable. Again, I hope we're connecting with everybody and everybody's resonating with the fact that Warren Moon is going to be the host of the Nitschke Luncheon going forward. Only a few men have ever done this in the history of the NFL. You know, Warren, one more thing on this, and again, just from being a fan, and we have a lot of mutual friends, I, I couldn't imagine if I was in the Hall of Fame missing that luncheon. And I know that's a concern for you and other Hall of Famers if young guys don't come back. And you see Jim Brown in a wheelchair and Ray Guy's there one year, then he passes away. But this is a new era of football. These guys are younger. And some of them aren't as hardcore as the guys who played in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. So is that an issue going forward? Or you think there's enough young players getting into the Hall of Fame in these new classes who get it that their job should be going back to the Hall of Fame no matter what, unless there's a death in the family or a wedding or whatever it is, they have to be there. That's your job. If you're going to have a gold jacket, you got to show up. Yeah, you're right. And, and that was one of the things of, of my last words before I gave it back to, uh, to, to Willie to take over the rest of the luncheon was that I want to encourage all the guys, especially in the last 10 years of classes, to make sure your guys come back and, and uh, participate not only in the, in the Ray Nitschke luncheon, but participate in the whole weekend. Um, because we want to see those guys, we want to. We, they're all on the same team. We're all on the same team together. We can't be cut from this team. We can't be waived from this team. We can't even be off this team if we pass away. So, we want to encourage all the guys to keep coming back. The Hall of Fame flies every guy in. A lot of other Hall of Fames don't do that. They put you up. They put your wife up, and, we, and they put on a really, really nice weekend for us, as well as the uh, the new guys coming in. So, uh, that was one of the things I want to encourage all the younger guys to, to make sure they're coming back. Like, you know, Peyton Manning was there. You, you need guys like that to be coming back uh, each and every year to uh, to make this thing worthwhile because uh, we want to continue with that quality of, of the, the type of guys that come back every year. And uh, when you have certain leader-type guys like a Peyton Manning or somebody, other guys will follow. So we want to make sure that's happening. 
Uh, wrapping it up with Warren Moon. Again, congratulations, Warren. Just one thing Thank on you. the Pac-12. I know you've been talking about that. I had a guest on earlier this week, and it was fun saying, who are the greatest athletes in the history of the Pac-12 going back to the Pac-8? And the first name that came up was Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson at UCLA. Then Lou Alcindor, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bill Walton. Tiger Woods at Stanford, John McEnroe. And Warren Moon at Washington. And, and, and the thousands of other athletes who played in the Pac-12 conference and before that, what, are you, what could you be thinking now at this point, considering what you've been through, not only for your school and then having to go to the CFL, wait for the NFL, when you see the fact that they couldn't get a television deal done in Hollywood, California, where there's movie studios, television executives, and all of this, how frustrating is this for you who loves your conference so much? Yeah, you know, it's really, really sad, uh, JT, that the, the Pac-12 won't be around because it used to be the elite conference uh, in the country, not only in in football but in all the other sports. Uh, right now, football is kind of taking a back seat a little bit. And when UCLA and USC left, that's when you knew the kind of the writing was on the wall because everything is driven now by television and by you know television money. And if you take the two biggest markets out of the conference, UCLA and USC, both in Los Angeles. Uh, that wasn't going to leave a very good um, package for for anybody to come in and give us a great t- TV deal. So I think that's where where it really struggled um, because of some of the other markets in the Pac-12, and it was just a matter of time before it was all going to be dismantled. So it, it's really sad because I, I know what the history of this conference has been, starting all the way back to the Pac-8. When I was in it, it was the Pac-8 at that time, and it's, it's slowly grown to the Pac-10 and then now to the Pac-12. But uh, for it not to be there anymore, um, it's really a sad day in, in college sports for me, and I'm sure for every other athlete that's uh, played or participated in the, in the Pac-10, Pac-12, Pac-8, whatever you want to call it. Congratulations, Warren, on the Nitschke Luncheon News. I'm really happy we connected. I'm so proud for you, and I just think this is one of the great, great achievements of your life, and I'm happy you shared that with us today. Thanks so much for coming on. Hey, thanks a lot for having me, JT, and it was a great honor, and I'm looking forward to it and going to make sure I uh, uphold everything that it stands for. The great Warren Moon, that is a big deal. He's got the Ray Nitschke luncheon on his resume. There's only only four other guys that could ever say that. Ray Nitschke, Deacon Jones, Willie Lanier, and now Warren Moon. I'm telling you, if you know the Hall of Fame and its history, that's big. We're going to try to check in with Q who was at practice before his show. Big show today. We'll be out of practice again tomorrow on the flagship of the Silver and Black. I think our, you know, our, our whole group will get tested. There's no question. Um, you know, the one-on-ones will be interesting to see, um, different, a little different style of play. Um, and they have, obviously, great players, you know, and they're really, really well coached. So um, this will be, be really uh, a great opportunity for us to learn a lot about those kind of things, see where we're at in terms of our fundamentals and techniques, our toughness, um, because there's no question that that will be challenged. All right, that's Josh McDaniels as we wrap it up. Q is coming up on deck. He has a big show because he's always there. He was at practice today. And Q, 
Uh, good to talk to you. Let me jump in. What do you think today? I know you're going to be talking about it, but preview what you saw today at the first of the joint practices. You know, I thought I saw a really solid practice. I really did. And, and there were some good things that the 49ers did as well. But I kind of started to see that consistency that we've seen from the Raiders the last couple of practices. And, you know, Jimmy had a really good day today, just like he had a really good day yesterday. It seems like he's getting a little bit more comfort, comfortable and settled in on the task at hand, and it looks like the, the defense is believing what they've done. You know, they're starting to turn the corner a little bit, and, and, and their, um, their communication has been really good. So for the most part, I thought it was a really solid practice. It wasn't something that I was overwhelmed by where I thought, oh, man, this is fantastic. These guys are, you know, lights out defense, and the offense can't be stopped. But, you know, when you can see something and you know it's solid, that's pretty much what I saw today. I thought it was a, a good day for the Raiders and a decent day for San Francisco. Yeah, and it sounds like a decent day for Jimmy Garoppolo on a couple of those drives and the fact that Jimmy had to deal with the entire Bay Area media who made the trip and really want to know what's going on it's not the end of the world it's a practice cue but for Jimmy G mentally to do well I think this is the team he wants to do well against yeah it really is and you could tell and you know he said that he always keeps things to himself you know he doesn't really vocalize about different feelings of things but you know in the back of his mind he's thinking about how it all shook out there in San Francisco and how they drafted his replacement and you know this that and the other basically told everyone who would listen that he was not going to be there anymore and uh, then all of a sudden they needed him to come back and he even said that he pushed himself too much trying to get back and try to be that guy and that's why he had that setback with the foot but he's now like he said it's on to Vegas I'm here and so it, it looked like he's excited and he's in a good place have a great show Q what do you got lined up today what's coming up next well we got Vinny and he'll talk about what uh you know what he saw out at practice and some of the young guys especially on the defensive side of things uh, also stepping up and making some plays Ari Mayrov our good friend from the 33rd team.com will join us just to talk all things NFL then I got to do a little slam ball preview as well Ty yes. McGee slam ball's been fun playoffs are next week so we got that coming up as well thanks Q I'll see you tomorrow thanks for everything appreciate you brother there he is, Q Myers, coming up next. I think all our listeners have to be aware of what Q does around here, not only program director, getting us on the radio technically, which is never easy, and then all the content that we have for you here. And tomorrow will be a big content day as I'll be out at practice. I'll be there. i got a production meeting. I'll be doing the show here. And then we got alumni weekend. And then Sunday at the game, Q will handle the pregame and postgame. I'll be in the booth. Excited with Lincoln Kennedy and Eric Allen. And then on the TV side, it'll be Jason Horowitz, Matt Millen. How about Matt Millen and Rich Gannon? And Harry Ruiz on the Spanish broadcast. So we're going to tie it all in together for a great day of a broadcast from Allegiant Stadium. And then we don't come back to Allegiant until week three on Sunday Night Football. So Raider Nation, celebrate with Raider fans this week. And we'll be back here tomorrow. Cues on deck. Thanks for listening to the flagship of the Silver and Black.